the best I understand is that, yeah, it's true. Like only about 10%, maybe even less, sometimes a little bit more of your brain is firing at any point in time. But that's a good thing. You don't want 100% of your brain firing. Like imagine if all your neurosensors were firing at the same time, you'd be overwhelmed. Welcome to the Ignited Recovery Podcast, a new way forward for anyone looking for answers but feeling left out. If you've been searching for empowerment, triumph, and purpose, you've found them right here. You won't hear the same solutions and you're not going to have any excuses to fall back on because Ignited Recovery allows heroes to rise and become their best selves. I'm Dr. Adi Jaffe and I can't wait to be your guide on this journey. Are you ready to become an Ignited Hero? So here's, here's what I would like to promote as a concept. Number one, let's start paying more attention to those inner voices and not less. And the reason is, even those worries that seem like there's nothing we can do about them right now, is part of our inner being screaming out for attention. And if we don't pay attention to it, it's not going to stop screaming. It's going to keep going. And we will have to work harder and harder to cover up that scream. Literally, you can imagine yourself. I've never thought of this metaphor before, but you can literally, like, you're like taking a pillow and trying to suffocate a part of yourself inside. Like, shut up. I don't want you to talk right now. That part has, it's, it's needing something. Right. And our job is actually to take care of it. You know, an internal family system, which is, really important to kind of bring all parts to yourself together. There are parts to you that have been celebrated and have been shown attention and have been shown love and have been felt, have felt free throughout your life to be expressed and shown to others and, and, you know, put out in the world. And then there are parts of yourself that haven't felt safe, but that doesn't mean they don't need attention. They don't need to drive the car, right? Think of a family, like they can be in the third row if you want them to be in the third row, but like, we don't want to kill them. We don't want to suffocate them because they're, now we're carrying literally like dead weight, right? We, have to care, we still have to carry them. They're still part of the equation. We're just not allowing them to, to express themselves. And, you know, we talk about childhood parts. It could be parts when you were a basketball player. There could be parts when you were younger and stuff was going on with your dad and like how to deal with it. I, I don't know what the specificity is, but number one, let's start paying more attention to these parts of ourselves. So put a journal next to your bed. And when these thoughts come up, journal yeah. and let them out so they don't feel like they're stuck. And then maybe you have to do something about these things. Or maybe it's just like sadness about mom. But you don't want to be here five years from now having repressed sadness about mom when trying to go to sleep and just like and just put it away. So that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's one piece. It wasn't why I made the acronym EAT for Explore, Accept, Transform. But we have to watch what we eat in life, Right. right? We talked about it yesterday, right? Like if I start eating two large pizzas every day, it doesn't really matter how hard I work out. Like I want to start gaining weight and I want to lose the ability to move and I'm going to start getting nauseous and maybe become pre-diabetic at some point, all that stuff. So we got to watch what we eat. We also got to watch what you eat in your head. So what do I mean by that? What music are you listening to? What shows are you paying attention to? What books are you reading? And not to be too, um, it doesn't have to be strict. Because it could be funny. Like you could just say, hey, I want to be in a good mood. I want to watch something funny and then select something that funny in the way you want to feel. But let's, let's be more selective about what we put in our heads as well as what we put in our bodies. 
because it's hard, it's hard to know what the consequences are of not doing it. Mm-hmm. So as you're talking about why you're having these fears, I'll take, I'll do the diet example for a second. We were just talking to our kid about this this morning because he didn't eat Leo, didn't eat his lunch from yesterday. And we were asking why. And at first it was, he didn't really know and he forgot, but there wasn't enough time. And what it turned out are two things. He was embarrassed to take out his little lunchbox in front of the other kids are older. That was number one. And then number two is none of them brought like made lunches. So I was like, well, what do they eat? Chips. Like their parents just gave them like bags of potato chips to eat. Hockey sticks? Anybody know what those are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know what the fuck they are. Um, and our house is incredibly fucking healthy, so he definitely has to err on the edge of that. But like, even his unhealthy stuff is really healthy. So then we were having a good conversation, and we were just saying, "Look, I get it, right? These kids are pulling potato chips out. You're pulling like a almond butter and blah 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 sandwich from your from your package. I just want you to also think about it a little. One one other way to think about it." Their parents didn't want to make him a sandwich. They just threw a fucking bag of potato chips at him. They're like, here you go. And what we want to find the middle ground between those things. Hopefully we can be proud and enjoy it, but also take care of himself. And so for you, it's hard to know why you have these fears because there's a lot, a lot, so much has been going on in your life. There's the drugs, there's the marriage, there's the kids, there's um, Vegas, fucking Vegas alone, bro. Like that's... You have had experiences you've just taken completely for granted because you live in Vegas that most people don't have to think about. They just don't. Like, I'm in a suburban fucking neighborhood in L.A. and I'm in L.A., but, like, if I lived eight blocks from here, it might be different, right? Um, And if you live in the middle in Idaho, in Boise, Idaho, very different things you see, right? So it's hard to know why you're having these impacts because there's so much bombarding you and I really feel like we're going to discover that you're more of an empath than you've ever understood in your life. So you just, you're like a fucking sponge. You're just absorbing all this shit. So it's a little bit like bringing me, sorry for the generalization here in the metaphor, but it's like if you brought me a 14 year old kid who's like obese and we're trying to figure out why he's obese. I'm like, well, what's his diet like? Well, he eats like four sandwiches for breakfast and pizzas for dinner. And he drinks like a, he does a two liter of Coke during the day. And then uh, he plays video games. All, like you give me this laundry list. and You're like, what should we fix first? I'm like, I don't fucking know. There's 500 things going on. We got to start breaking things down. So this feeling of almost like dread is kind of the way I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Could literally be coming from 10 different directions. And I think let's start, there's this exercise I do in the program of called sphere of influence. Think of your life as three spheres, like things you control, things you influence, and things out of your control. Man, since I got in this notebook, I draw a million times more, it's funny. But these are the three spheres. Mm-hmm. And almost everything in your life, well, everything in your life fits into one of these buckets. Sometimes there's things that in different situations fit. You want to spend as much time paying attention to what you control. People do it the other way around. You were talking about your mom being a worry wart. Most people that I know of spend most of their time worrying about things they have absolutely no control or influence over. World economies, geopolitical issues, 
COVID. Like, is COVID going to fucking come back? I'm like, are you going to, can you fucking affect it? Like, can you do something about whether it comes back or not? No. Then stop fucking worrying about it. Just stop thinking about it. Live your life. Too many people spend most of their time here, a little bit of time here, and as little time as possible in this one. You got to flip it. In my new book, I kind of talk about, I think this is the balance for most people. Like 70, 20, 10. 70% of the time. They're worried about what the neighbors are doing, like what they heard on the news. Fucking Kim Kardashian. Like people have full on, people have like three hour conversations about what fucking Kim Kardashian is doing. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Part of what we're saying is maybe, not maybe, you've said a number of times just in the few hours that you've talked here. High emotion. And at the same time, somebody's like, fuck it, I'll, I'll make it through anything. Right? I make, I just, I do the, I do the shit that needs to be taken care of. Right. Well, let, let's just pay attention to how those two mix right. to create your life. Because you do, you can have control. Like you, you can say no. Right. No, I can't do that. I mean, I'm thinking about that time, if you don't mind me sharing, but like that time you, we talked on the way out of the game, like you'd left the right. game. Right. That panic attack didn't start. So you didn't have a fucking panic attack. You had it at the game. Right. But there you go. That's a panic attack you had. Right. So, and you've had a couple of those. So that panic attack probably didn't start at the game. No. Shit was building up for at least hours. Right. It could have been building up for days. Right. We want to get better before we get to the panic attack. Right. Like by the time we get to the panic attack, it's over. Mm-hmm. Either make it through it, take a fucking drug to stop it. Like, but even the drugs, it's a fuck, it's bullshit. Like the drug takes 30, 40 minutes to hit you. Yeah. By the time the Xanax hits, you kind of, you would have made it through the pat, but you have to do something. You have to feel, you feel like you have to do something. I want, I want to have the conversation for the hours before the panic attack, right. you know? So that's when you're controlling stuff. Like that's why the stupid phrase we've all heard, like we only use 10% of our brain. What it really means is only about 10% of your brain. The best I could understand what the fuck people actually mean by that sentence, because it means nothing. Like, what does that actually mean? Um, the best I understand is that, yeah, it's true. Like, only about 10%, maybe even less, sometimes a little bit more, of your brain is firing at any point in time. But that's a good thing. You don't want 100% of your brain firing. Like, imagine if all your neurosensors were firing at the same time. You'd be overwhelmed. That's what happens to people in, in, um, with migraines. It's just this idea of let's just figure out what is happening for you and what fits you. And there could be, it's not ideal, but it could be a thing of like, hey guys, I'm, I'm feeling one of these like attacks coming on. I need to just get myself balanced first. If I can make it by the end of the first quarter, by the first end of the first half, I'll come on. If not, I'm just going to stay back. It's better than mm-hmm. showing up and having to bail. And that's hard for a lot of us to hear because we have perfectionism and we want to fucking, we want to do it no matter what. It just doesn't work. So we all have a threshold. And let's say you get a panic attack when it crosses 70. A hundred is like a fucking Navy SEAL trained to jump out of a plane while people are shooting at him. And like, you know, he's been through five tours. Like that's a person who can handle a hundred, right? And they have to be trained to handle a hundred because they have to handle things in another, like a firefighter who's been on the force for 15 years and they jumped into a bunch of burning buildings and made it out. They're just, their body is just trained. They can handle the stress none of us can. Like, we look at a birdie building, I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm just gonna stand over here. They go, give me my shit, I'm going in, right? So an athlete at the peak of their, like when they're at the peak, peak, peak of their performance, the whole point is drive yourself to the point where you're about to lose it and just kind of be comfortable there. Most of us can't do 100. 
I'm just gonna give a number, let's say it's 70. But most of us also don't start at zero. Like zero is, I don't know. Yeah, boot on a fucking mind. That's what we talked about that night. Mm -hmm. um, and so most of us wake up with a certain level of stress and anxiety. Let's say if you're having a pretty calm period in your life, it's like a 20. Let's just say that. Like for me, I don't know, does that resonate as a number for people? Like pretty good days and I'm waking up on a 20. And I call this one the, your initial activation level. Initial activation level and I call this our, your kind of individualized threshold. So we all have this. And by, obviously the initial activation level can change at different periods in our lives. The space between them is your safe zone. So in between these things right here is your safe zone. Sometimes I call it the green zone. But... And so this person, let's say a person with a threshold of 70, an initial activation level on that date of, of that period of life in 20 gets 50 stress points for the day. And you feel it like you feel yourself getting to your edge. And if you push past it, you lose it. And then losing it may be like screaming at somebody and being really angry, passing out, crying like I'm, I'm, I can't fucking handle anymore. Having a panic attack or like severe anxiety having an extreme migraine, like whatever, past the edge, people lose it. There's no, you're not really thinking rationally anymore. At the least, you're just done. Like you just feel like I gotta, I gotta crawl into bed. And so the game we play with ourselves is how do we keep ourselves below the threshold? And there are only two things you can do. The only two things you can do is you can push the threshold up or you can bring the initial activation level down. Those are the only two pieces you get to change in this puzzle. So, some of the work that we are going to do here today will be about understanding how to get your initial activation level down because we'll figure out what is stressing you out and what can bring you down. Now, it's not, you don't get one opportunity to bring your activation level down. You can do it all day. Five minutes of breathing in the middle of the day will bring your points down. So if you feel like you're getting up, but you have to be aware that you're going up to go take a stop to breathe for five fucking minutes. If you wait too long and your threshold is 70 or you're 68, it may be too late. Like you may not have what it takes, but it's better to stop it then than when you cross your threshold. So that's the initial activation level piece. The threshold are opportunities where you actually train yourself to feel comfortable being uncomfortable. So the conversation we had yesterday, when you can train yourself to sit there when you are having anxiety and watch it, you're training yourself to go and understand Okay, this is not at my threshold level yet. This is something I can observe. What does that feel like? Cold, cold plunges are ways to push your threshold up. Has anybody ever done cold plunges? Mm -hmm. The guy, the, the CEO that I work with brought these ice tubs and we did like a whole Wim Hof thing. And the guy who was leading, this big guy, he, I could tell he played football like in college or something. And uh, so I was talking about his history with him and I was right, he played like linebacker or lineman or something like that. I was like, do you laugh at all of us? Kind of like doing our best to jump in an ice bath. And after you guys just did that every day after every single game in practice, pretty much, he goes, yeah, I don't, it's, I don't know why it's that big of a deal. And you forget because anything that's normal in your life, you forget. But here's the thing, you push your edge that way, right? The training is in getting your head to recognize, oh, sitting in a bunch of ice is not that big a deal. And so you have to get good somehow. But remember we did it, we did it at the men's yeah. retreat. People were freaking the fuck out. 
and I've learned already before. If I'm if I'm leading a thing like that, I just got to go in the first round. If there's one, I got to go first, and if there's a bunch, I got to go in the first round. Because people just need to see that it's a thing that's doable. So how do you show that to yourself? What are opportunities you have in your life to show yourself how far you can get it? And no offense, but I think one of the things that's happened now for you is the fear of being uncomfortable has become so big. It's not even clear what is a big level of discomfort, what's a medium, what's a small level of discomfort. So one of the challenges, maybe for these next few weeks, maybe for the next couple of months, how can you push your edge? How can you actually put yourself in a slightly uncomfortable situation and go, okay, this, this I can handle. And then move your threshold from like 50 to 60 to 70. You buy yourself so much life space. Does that make sense? And so there's a, there's a small version. Maybe we'll, we'll try, maybe we'll do it today. There's a small version of the ice bucket challenge, which we used to do in my treatment center. Maybe I'll, I'll do it with you guys today. Oh, I can tell you what it is. It's fine. But it's like, um, it's your arm. You just put your arm in ice. And so I'll just make a big bucket. And it's like, how long can I put my arm in it? And everybody can just put their arm in it, but it's fucking cold. It's ice and water. Mm. Like it's, it's really cold. So like just paying attention, going like, oh shit, I don't like this, but I'm okay. And getting your brain used to not liking something, but still being okay with it. Thank you for tuning in to the Ignited Heroes Recovery Podcast. I really hope you found the information here useful and that we'll see you back here next week. And look, I want to make sure that this podcast is the most useful it can be for you. So please let me know by emailing info at ignited.com if there are any specific topics or questions you'd like to have addressed. As usual, if you like this episode, I would love for you to leave us a five-star review and rating. Thanks and see you next week.